Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right. Take two, we're here. <laughs> we are live now. So Live-ish. Yes. We're Whiskey and Wonder, and if you're on YouTube, you can see we have a guest. We do. This is Jamie, friend Jamie. Uh, Jamie is into the topic that I'm presenting this week, so uh, we invited her on the podcast to join. And you guys will have to either read the title of the podcast or sit and uh, listen and figure out what we're talking about in a little bit. So Yes, and, uh, and again, we are Whiskey and Wonder. I'm Tyler. That over there is Megan on the YouTube screen. You can see us all three, and we are excited to have Jamie here. So have Thank a you. round of applause. So, Jamie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with that. So I am a Charlotte native. I grew up in Mint Hill, um, spent the majority of my life in Mint Hill up until about two years ago I moved to Salisbury. So can I butt in for one second and Absolutely. have you enunciate a little more? Okay. Um, and then I've been grooming for, I think, nine years, eight or nine years. Um, and my wife works with Megan. That's how I know Megan. Okay. So did you say pet grooming or just grooming? Dog grooming. Okay. Yeah. Because in my head I was like, wow, only eight years. <laughs> combing <laughs> that hair, only eight years. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. So you guys know each other. You know her wife through work. And yes, how my, did, my how wife did y'all is... know? How did y'all get to know each other? You and Megan. Just I trained their psychotic dog. Yes. Okay. And I love him so much. All right. You were the only one that does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love him. Him special. Oh, yeah. Well, you could say the same about mine. He's he's a little demon sometimes. But. I know. He's I a boy. met Megan one time on our first training session, and I looked at her, and I said, listen, my only requirement is do not break his leg. Yeah. And <laughs> I've yet to break his leg. <laughs> and it's worked. So. Well, that so is far. that is lovely. Um, we're going to jump into a couple of quick announcements here before we dive too far into the topic here. Um, number one, check out the Patreon. We've got multiple different tiers. You can get some. Uh, you can get codes for percentage off. You can get a free sticker. Uh, you you can vote on the Infinity Bottles. You can get early access to the episodes. All those details are at Patreon.com/slash Whiskey and Wonder. Um, if you don't know what an Infinity Bottle is. Here is one right here. This is our bourbon infinity bottle. Basically, it is a your own blend. You take the whiskeys you like and you put two ounces of each one or an ounce or however much you want in here. And then and, you stir it all together and let it sit for yep, a and while. and Then you drink it. Yeah. And see if it's good or bad. And so we basically let you guys vote on whether or not something goes in the infinity bottle. Now we separate it by bourbon, scotches, and rye. Um, so if you have any interest in doing that, you know, if you like a particular whiskey we do, or if you want to make us suffer and do whiskeys that we thought were terrible, you go to Patreon, sign up for the, uh, that specific tier and you can vote. And I hope to God you don't make us suffer because infinity bottles are supposed to be fun, <laughs> but maybe the really bad whiskeys altogether become a really good whiskey. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second, though. <laughs> um, 
Check out, go to whiskeywonder.com. Check out the store. We've got t-shirts there now, uh, ladies and men's styles. I think we have a full run of sizes and we also have stickers there. We're working on getting some like coasters and hats and Nippy some other stuff. And we also have our whiskey tumblers as well. Yes. Yes. We do have those on sale uh, on there as well, which is basically a little whiskey glass with our logo etched, etched. in there. Um, and the last announcement we'll chit chat about is something Megan's not thrilled about. She keeps trying to push this off. And not talk about it, but uh, the 5,000 listen celebration, which if you don't know about that, Megan has to wear a hot pink dress that's completely not Megan's personality um, with no traces of her personality. And me, her, and our significant others are going to go out to dinner and video it and document the hell out of it because embarrassment. Absolutely. I'm here for it. I don't want to, but okay. Yeah. Well, I... (sighs) Excuse me. I shaved my beard off. So. I know. I know. I got to do it. Yep. Payback's a bitch. Yep. Um, all the other social media stuff, it's going to be in the show notes or uh, pop up on the screen. Speaking of, let me throw those socials up there. Um, oh, wow. I got all four at once. Check the, Go check that out wow. on YouTube. Um, search Whiskey and Wonder on YouTube. Like, subscribe comment it helps us all out uh friend ryan i appreciate you uh from last week he donated us he commented on the youtube we saw that so thank you for doing that thank you friend ryan um like i said patreon is patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder instagram is at whiskey podcast um and yeah everything else is going to be down in the show notes so we'll go ahead and move on and say thanks to everybody that does donate that supports that likes and subscribes and listens because it goes a really long way um it helps us move up the charts it helps us get in the youtube algorithm it helps expose us to more people for sure and you know we couldn't we couldn't keep this going without that without some some of the revenues that come in so that helps us buy the whiskeys and upgrade the equipment and whatnot so thank you guys to everybody thank you so much everyone thank you all for supporting and with that we'll move on we'll we'll do the open segment segment so i know you jamie you said you were listening you're listening to very early episodes and so i'm sure a lot of this some of these sounds are going to be like new and and things we we kind of got our footing between like episode 10 and 20 and started really getting a structure to everything so every 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 10 episodes like we get a little bit better yeah so so i figured out this existed because kayla was at home talking about Megan and I can't remember in relation to what, and I just happened to pull up her Facebook and it said co-host of this podcast. And I immediately screamed, Megan is on a podcast. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? And I pulled it up, pulled the link up and I'm like, Oh, this is a thing. Yeah. Like, this, this is, is, a this thing. is yeah, this an is, established thing. Yeah, It's been almost two October will be two years. So I, I listen to it when I'm cleaning the house and when I'm driving to and from work. Oh, well, we appreciate it. So thank you. Hope you enjoy it. Um, I already gave you a round of applause. I'm not doing a a second one. (laughs) (laughs) You get one. (laughs) Everybody gets one. I'm not deserving of a second one. It's okay. Um, So basically in the open segment, Megan and I just chit chat because we don't, our schedules are very opposite. This is like the only time we have to overlap. Uh, So we just chit chat about our week and feel free to join in however you, however you like. Yeah. 
Uh, Tyler, you said we, you went and saw a movie, which uh, yeah, I, I need you to <laughs> announce on air. That way there is like, I, I want it known. I did go to the movie theater and saw a movie today and I went at the most old man hour of 10 05 AM. <laughs> oh was there anyone there? Oh yeah. It was all the uh, old, it was like, old people. No, there were a bunch of, bunch of families. Um, I don't know. I'd say it was a third full. Wow. Uh, which is perfect because nobody else is around. Um, but Shelby and I went and saw the new Jurassic Park movie because I love that franchise. Uh, I'm loving it less and less the more movies they make. But <laughs> uh, that's a different story. Um, you didn't like it. I take it. It was okay. It was just... Have you seen it? Yes. Have you seen it? Jamie? I have not. Okay. I have yet to see this I, I will, movie. I will not spoil it. It was. Um, uh, I have been told I need to watch it. I really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. I don't know why so many critics and everyone are like giving it shit. I mean, I know why they are, but I don't. Uh, it's it just it seems like it. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's oh, so, so I will be going to see this movie now. It's, it's good. It's okay. Like it's a good movie to get lost in, but it's it just it's like Star Wars. Like every time they make a new movie, it gets a little worse. Like they ruin the previous. Don't ones. talk about Star Wars that way. Oh, I can, I am <laughs> licensed to. Um, it is. I have my certification that says I can. It every time they make a new one, it just it takes a little bit away from the originals that were so good, and. I don't know. I'm just, I, I hope they're done with Jurassic Park after this. It was good I'm, to go. And get I'm lost sure they, I don't think they can get another one after this. I don't think so. I think it's over. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, I ended up doing that. Shelby basically told me we were going to do that today. So um, she said we were going to the movies and I said, okay, because originally she wanted to see Top Gun. And I was like, I just don't. I have yet to see that. Oh my either. god, that was the best movie. You should have gone to see that yeah. over Jurassic Park cuz I I prefer Jurassic Park personally. No, you haven't seen it yet. But I mean, I don't like going to the movie theater, so I would just rather watch Top Gun at the house whenever it Top Gun that is. Maverick is Son of Goose. It's amazing. And Maverick is not the son of Goose. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I, oh, you were just like joke that Top Gun, son of Goose. I mean, it, that is yeah. essentially yeah, what it is. Yeah, his name's Rooster. Yes, and yeah. um, it every once in a while there comes a movie that is so much better than its like original. Like the sequel is better. Doesn't happen often. Top Gun is one. Of those Top movies. Gun is one of those movies. Okay. Well. It. I'd like. I would go pay to see that movie in the theater multiple times. It was amazing. But you're, yeah, but you're a theater person, though. True. Like, I like going to the like, movie theater and sitting in the darkness. And I used to, and now I'm just a crotchety old woman about it. Like a kid makes a noise, and I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> Ever since I had a kid like stand up and stare at me and actively like pee itself while it stared at me, I have not have not enjoyed movie theaters. <laughs> Um, that's actually well, hilarious that you said that because I turned to Shelby in the previews and I said, it's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% that crotchety old man too. So, 
Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, the other thing that's going on this week, um, I'm going to rack my brain because it's just been a blur of a week, but uh, big thing, I bought a new guitar today. You bought a new guitar? I did. I bought a Fender Telecaster. Or, oh. I'm sorry, a Fender Stratocaster. Amazing. Yep. So hopefully I've been needing a kick in the ass to... Uh, Do music? Yeah, to get get playing. Um, I haven't played much and I'm I'm kind of making the vow to myself to practice. I'm going to try to carve out half an hour a day to try and practice. So that That's amazing. And I'm I'm sitting here I have 45 days to return it. So if I find something I don't like about it in the next 45 days, yeah. It goes back. So. Yeah. Well, still that's awesome. Yep. Is it I don't know anything about Guitars. Is it electric yep. or acoustic? Or? It, it's a Fender Strat. It's an electric guitar. It's like the cliche. Oh, the stereotypical. Stereotypical. Like when you think of an electric guitar, this yeah. is the one you think of? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I'm picturing the right thing in my head as soon as you said that. Oh, yep. Yeah. I know yep. exactly. Yep, that is exactly what I picture in my head when I hear electric guitar. I'll show you yep. later, but this is what it looks like. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's green? Yeah, it's, a green, it's the green burst. I love it. I yeah. really like it. That's a cool green. Thanks. I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. I piddled with it just a few minutes Very cool. before you guys got here. So, well, this week I bought some new dice sets nice. for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Noise. Um, and I went, and because uh, we're now playing in person, I was like, well, since we're playing in person, I'm just gonna spend my entire paycheck on Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Nice. Um, so I bought a few different sets of dice, including like some gemstone dice that are astronomically overpriced, um, liquid filled dice, which I am like stoked for. Um, I bought some dice that are like mermaid glass, like the necklace I always wear that like catches the light and looks like it's illuminated. Um, iridescence. Yeah. Iridescent. Thank you. Um, and I bought a hundred dollar miniature, customized miniature of the character I'm playing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which means I'm sure she's going to die like the very next time we play. Uh, so that, that's a dumb question. I never played long enough with you guys to really get there. What happens if you die? I do you. do, Do you stop coming back? I haven't played at all. So, so, I mean, it really depends. Like I would just read roll a character i would make a new character like if your character dies it's dead um oh, you just make a new character it's not like you kicked out of the group and like no you just can't come back till we start the, the next no. game you don't respawn <laughs> next next go around <laughs> no there it there are some like spells and stuff that can be cast to like bring you back to life um but they have like a really specific rule set and lots of stuff that goes into them so uh I would say like 90% of the time when you die, you're dead. And that character just is gone. So ironically, Oof. I've never played. I know a lot of people that do. A lot of my friends play. Um, and half of my TikTok is just dice talk. <laughs> I was, I I'd actually told Kayla the other day, I'm like, is, is this something like we should attempt to get into? Yes. 100%. Everyone in the world should play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't care who you are. The next, the next time you come to the house, we'll just be like, just just learn us. Oh, I would am so down. I am so down for that. Do it. Um, I tried to get my sister-in-law 
Kayla, shout out, hi Kayla, and her husband to play D and D, and they are the least D and D people in the world. It hasn't worked. I'm but. not a D and D people person. I'm not a D and D people. You but did so good with I your just character. Tried to make fucking chaos. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> much fun. I wish you could have played more. Yeah, that was maybe. Uh, uh, you guys are doing it Friday nights, though. Friday nights, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've decided next time I do a campaign and I'm DM, it's going to be in person. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be that would be better. I honestly like. I had fun playing. But I feel like there's something to that in-person experience. In-person is something yeah. special, I'd, for sure. I just don't know. Uh, People time. play that not in person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did it not in person. Yeah, we did it over we played, Discord. Uh, virtually. I played virtually for like four years. That was like the primary way I played every week. Save it. I, I know so little about it. I thought that that was like only an in-person thing. Nope. I mean, all it all it's just like talking. So really, all you need is and rolling microphones. Dice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I I would love to do it. I just don't have the freaking time. Yeah. That's the problem. But. Um. Jamie, tell yes. us about your week. Whatever you would like. If you don't want to tell us, don't feel <laughs> don't feel pressured to. All All I do is work and go home. And like I do not. I don't people very well. And so when it came time for me to leave to come here, like Kayla was like, okay, leave. You can go play. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. The highlights of my weeks are going to the grocery store to get food. Um, It's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty busy. Um, We have somebody at work on medical leave. And so I picked up a couple of her shifts just to help out. That was nice of you. Yeah. I guess on that note. On that note. Yep. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and move it right along. Opening the bottle. So it definitely takes some getting used to. Like not being able to say certain yeah. things. And yep. some like, like there are things you can do that people can't see, which now they can see because, you know, we have these cameras here. But when we first started, like Megan and I would be like, <laughs> like trying to get each other's attention, each yeah, other. like, yes. like, yeah, like you shut know? the fuck up. But anyway, so anyway. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this whiskey, Megan. Yes. take it away. Uh, so this whiskey is a donated whiskey. It's actually been donated by friend Kayla, who just happens to be Jamie's wife. Um, this is a Walking Dead whiskey, the Walking Dead, the television show. Um, it's called Spirits of the Apocalypse, and it's a Kentucky bourbon. Um, and I spent a good 20 minutes searching the internet, trying to figure out if there was like any specific distillery or like known brand like affiliated with it. Like I know um, Johnny Walker did like the Game of Thrones whiskeys that were like definitely Johnny Walker. A little bit more. Um, and uh, for the life of me, I do not think that this is a bourbon that is, like, distilled by any, like, known whiskey company that um, exists. Uh, instead, they seem to be just kind of a, um, what's the word, a, like, dream child of um, the production company 
which is called Sky something. It's on the bottle, Tyler. Um, on the top, on the neck. Skybound presents. Yep. So it seems to be kind of like a dream child between Skybound Entertainment and Diageo, which is how I'm going to say that. It's D I A G E O, which I can only think of pronouncing it Diageo. I don't know if there is any Diga other way Gio. to say that. Diageo. 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 Is that? Didn't you say Diageo? D-I-A-G-E-O. Oh, oh sorry. I, th- I think D-A-G-E-O. you're correct with your pronunciation. Diageo? Yes. So Diageo uh, is a giant, insanely huge distillery um, in uh, Illinois, I believe it is. And they currently distill 200 brands of whiskey. Um, and it, I mean, just 200 brands, period. Of spirits, yeah. Of spirits, um, including some, uh, r- very, very big name like Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. uh, Tanqueray, mm-hmm. Smirnoff, mm-hmm. Guinness, mm-hmm. Bailey's. Wait a minute. Did you say Guinness? Yeah. That's beer. Yeah. Wow. Guinness, the world leading iconic stout Guinness. So they, uh, distill and apparently brew a little bit of everything. Um, so Diageo is, um... I guess who made this whiskey Diageo and uh, skybound entertainment who made the walking dead, both the uh, television series on AMC and the comics. Um, and so, I mean, I, because of that, I can't give you a whole lot of information on the whiskey because I, I don't not a brand think to it. that you can buy this either. Um, Kayla knows this answer. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that this came in one of her little monthly subscription supply drop boxes, and they only do like exclusive stuff. Oh, like cool. if it, if you did not get it, like if you don't get that subscription, then you're not going to have this. Do you happen to know what subscription it was, or would you want to say? I don't. Okay. I just know she calls it her supply drop. Okay. Box, so. Well, uh, that's awesome. And thanks, friend Kayla, for. Yes. And yep. Jamie for sharing this with us. Yes. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, friend Kayla and Jamie. And now I'm trying to prove that you can buy it somewhere. So um, well, I'm going to start smelling it and attempt to see where you can buy it. And uh, Tyler, what are you. You've been yes. doing your own your thing? I've been a sniffing. And. He's, he's been wafting. Um. I smell uh, grain. <laughs> Much Pro- description. Profound. <laughs> um, it smells like a bourbon. It smells grainy. If I try really hard, I can get uh, some like sweetness, a little bit of fruit, perhaps, but nothing insane. Megan's got a smile, so she found You're somewhere smiling. you can buy it. it. You can buy it at uh, the... Total wine uh, in Myrtle Beach. Okay, then nice. Then that makes sense. That makes sense. White trash capital of the world. <laughs> I spent many a many a childhood summer weeks there. <laughs> uh, it is the great. I'm from landlocked Colorado, as you guys know. Um, that is the grayest, most depressing beach I've ever seen I in hate my it. life. I hate it. Um, like, it's so sad. I have I have an ex that would when we would go for their his family vacation, 
anytime his legs would even remotely like come within five feet of the water, he would from the knees down break out into a rash. Oh lord! And I'm like, that god, that that is something in the water. Like you, that's not normal. (laughs) Not normal. Beaches should not do that. Um. Yeah, I'm not getting anything crazy out of out of the smells here. Um, it just seems pretty straightforward. I mean, it it smells like a bourbon. It smells like I would expect a bourbon to smell. Um, Does it just splash it all over myself? I literally just <laughs> I've done that so many had times. A, uh, 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 burn go flying up my nose like it cleared my sinuses you guys are making me feel so much better because i know you call yourselves on the podcast amateurs i if there is a level below amateur i am that novice and yeah and so i fully intended on coming on and just being like yep that's alcohol (laughs) that's all i got for you i mean that's where we started with so. so this is from batch number one it is um Ooh, batch number one. Ooh, yeah. special. Let me do some uh, quick math here. 47% alcohol by volume, so that's what, 80, 90, 90 proof, 95 proof? Yeah, 90, 90. Math is hard. Don't look at me. 94 proof. I have to. 94 proof. Everyone in the D&D group makes fun of me because when my dice roll, because they're not on the computer, I have to, like, add them myself. Me. And so I have to be like, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> Nine, 94. I got there. So it's 94 proof. Um, yeah. So anybody else smelling anything? I mean, I'm definitely getting sweetness. Um, I keep getting like cherry. It, it's something. Yeah. I do. Sweet. I do. Yes. Yeah. I do get the cherry. Um, maybe like cherry and caramel. I guess cherry caramel and then a whole lot of grain, which my brain just automatically equates to Robitussin, by the way. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I can't. I cannot. I hate artificial cherry flavor. I cannot do it. Like it literally makes me sick. Um, There have been, sorry, there have been episodes where Megan and I have been on completely opposite ends of the spectrum where she loved it and I hated it because all I tasted was Robitussin. I can't. The only safe way that I can take Robitussin, and my mom is to blame for this 100%. Um, as a grown adult, I can only take Robitussin if I if I shove a spoonful of ice cream down my esophagus, like immediately after. <laughs> if I don't, I will get violently sick. Mm. That's, Robitussin's got a disgusting taste. I can't. Yeah, it does. So, Megan's, well, yep, what you got? We are supposed to be smelling caramel, oak, vanilla, Dark fruit. Cherries are dark, right? Yeah. Cherries, plums, um, peanuts, and spice. Anything nice? Peanuts. I did get the spice. Obviously, it cleared my sinuses. Um, so. I mean, what does a... I mean, I know... I guess I was about to ask a stupid question. What does a peanut smell like? But I know what peanuts smell like. Peanut yeah, butter. But it's hard to put a, yeah, it's hard to put a smell on peanuts. Salt, Just, maybe? Well, even even still, like I'm I'm thinking like not roasted or or anything like that. It's hard to put a smell on a peanut just yeah. straight out of the ground. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe a little peanut brittle or something like something that. like yeah. that. I would uh, that yeah, I would, yeah I don't know. Um, so I'm just gonna fill air as Tyler talks or <laughs> nope Drinks. nope whatever. This is my life. So. It's definitely 
Definitely got some sweet in there. Some vanilla is what I mainly get. Uh, I, the first one, I got a hefty amount of spice and burn. Uh, the second, not as much. Um, I also got just your, I mean, it's just your traditional bourbon. It's got a little bit of oaky flavor on the back end. It's got grain flavors throughout. It's just very uh, classically bourbon. Nothing nothing really stands out. Where are you going in? It just kind of all swirls together, and I get a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of a little bit of oak, a little bit of spice, a little bit of grain. And the finish is I would say it's kind of long, but it's not overpowering and and the spice is not overpowering. No. Um I agree with your what you're saying. This is not this is another whiskey that when I think bourbon, like this is the flavor that I think of. Like if I had bourbon um ice cream, like I would expect it to be like this. Um, it is extremely well mixed, um, and all the flavors kind of come together, like you said, and swirl. Um, so it's hard to like pick anything out and like pull it and say, yes, this is 100% this. Um, there's definitely some menthol, um, some oak, some caramel, vanilla, um, some cereal grain. Menthol. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of menthol. Hmm. I just, I guess I get on the spice, it's a little bit minty, but I mainly just get the spice part of it. My initial, like the very first time you, like, yeah. not any time you first drink it, like the first flavor I get is menthol. Yeah. I can, like that's the I initial can see what spice. You're in there, yeah. And then it transitions into a pepper spice. Yeah. So it starts off cold and, you know, when I'm, I, I smell what you're stepping in. All right. All right. So, um, what do you what do you what do you think? Do you like it so far? What do you think? It burns. It is alcohol. It burns and it is alcohol. <laughs> it burns and it is alcohol. It is it's making my right ear tingle. Oh, that's the headphones. <laughs> it didn't they, start they until have, I, it didn't start until I drank that. One. Yeah, they have radiation. Uh, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Jesus, Tyler. <laughs> um, no, that's just a joke. Don't sue us. <laughs> no, no. All right, Megan, what are we supposed to taste? Um, Caramel, oak, vanilla, peanuts again. Huh? Why do these people say there's peanuts in here? So do not drink if you have a peanut allergy is what I'm picking up. Ah. Um, No. There's, there's no, no like there's no actual peanuts. peanut in here. Yeah, oh, there's okay. no peanuts involved in the process. It just, it just is, has yeah. a taste of peanut spice and butter. With a touch of herbal notes. And it's a medium finish. Oak, caramel, and vanilla. Yeah. Uh, it's just your traditional bourbon. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's okay. 100% just um, well, bourbon. These people, I'm not going to name their website. They'll literally figure it out. These people think that it's part of Heaven Hill. And there is literally, I don't know where they pulled that out from. Uh, because they're nowhere online or on the bottle or anywhere. Heaven Hill is supposed to be some pretty good stuff. Yeah, this they say like they I haven't tried it yet. Oh, uh, maybe they're guessing. I'd quote, "I'd honestly be surprised if this wasn't Heaven Hill." So interesting. But these are also the people that saying it's peanutty. So like, take 
everything with a grain of salt. Navy is dreaming, Tyler. That is what you heard. That's what I thought. That sounds like Bo when uh, when he dreams. Yep. Okay. Um. All right. So we're gonna sip on this and see how it goes, and uh, we'll uh, check in at the end of the episode and let us. Quick plug on dreams. Um, check out episode seventy-two where that was the topic, and you'll learn about dogs dreaming. Facts. See, see what I did there. Facts. So, all right. Well, we're gonna. Move it on over and let Megan, unless, Jamie, did you have anything else you wanted to add about the whiskey? Not, not really. Okay. All right. Well, then we're going to move on and let Megan teach us something lovely today. It's time for the wonder segment. I accidentally hit me <laughs> so that my, sc- my screen got big. Um, all right. What are we learning about? All right. So, I started a new series on urban legends back at episode 69, and it took me some time to decide if this would fit, and ultimately I decided no, it would not. So, let's start another new series today. Here is our first episode on cryptids. First and foremost, let's define cryptids. Merriam-Webster states that a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Haley Williams, not the musician from Paramore. That's exactly where my head went. (laughs) Nope, not that Haley Williams. This is uh, Haley, who is a freelance journalist, says that, quote, Contrary to popular belief, cryptids don't have to be supernatural, mythical, or even all that strange. Though many popular creatures acquire these characteristics as their legends grow, in truth, the field of cryptozoology covers everything from scientifically plausible but poorly documented animals to demon-like monsters seen only in dark forests and shaky video footage. The term cryptid can be applied to any of the following categories of unknown beasts. Creatures from myth and legend supposedly supernatural or paranormal entities, extinct creatures said to still inhabit specific areas, known animals in areas they are not known to inhabit, known animals of an unusual size or appearance, animals that don't resemble any known species, known hoaxes, whether taxidermy, Photoshop, false accounts, or otherwise. Uh, I would I would like to ask, do you think, let me find it here, but you did the Beast of Gévaudan. Yes, I love yes. the Beast of Gévaudan episode. What episode was, that was a very, very French? fun episode. Uh, I love that episode. I don't know the exact number, but it's definitely on there. Yes, uh, the Beast of Gévaudan would be a cryptid. So, it would be? Yeah, okay. so technically I guess this isn't the first episode on cryptids, but... You know, it, that was episode forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, that it was seemed like that it was long ago. Earlier. No, I felt like it was yesterday. Oh, I felt like it was like the top fifteen episodes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, go listen to episode forty-two, "The Beast of Gévaudan," if you want to learn about one of the coolest, yeah, things ever in French history. That that is probably honestly in my top five episodes. Same. Same. 
George M. Eberhardt is considered to be one of the most significant cryptozoologists of all time. He's published many books, including two volumes titled Mysterious Creatures. These are basically encyclopedias on over 1,000 cryptids all over the world. Eberhardt has classified cryptids into 10 categories. One, distribution anomalies. Known animals reported outside their normal range. Example, the anomalous big cats in the UK. Two. The UK doesn't have large cats? No. Oh. No, so (laughs) any like sightings of like tigers or anything in the UK uh, could be a cryptid. Oh, interesting. Um, I believe that also would then include the uh, alligators or crocodiles in New York uh, sewer system. Also, you know, the tigers in new york oh they say there's tigers in new york no but have you not seen like i saw an article not that long ago where somebody was busted for having a tiger in their new york somebody at work was talking about that i do remember seeing that yep uh two undescribed unusual or outsized variations of known species Example, the giant anacondas reported from the Amazonia or the spotted lions of East Africa. Three, survivals of recently extinct species. Example, the ivory-billed woodpecker presumed extinct in 1960 and the Tasmanian tiger declared extinct in 1936 or the stellar sea cow presumed extinct in 1768 all of which are occasionally claimed to have survived due to the all of which are occasionally claimed to have survived to the present survivals or four survivals of species known only from the fossil record into modern times example the mokeli membembe of africa one more time Mo- <laughs> mokeli membembe of Central Africa, sometimes described as a living dinosaur. Five, lingerlings, or survivals of species known from the fossil record much later into historical times than currently thought. Example, the woolly mammoth, presumed extinct in 12,000 BCE, but occasionally purported to have survived into later areas. Six, Animals not known from the fossil record, but related to known species. Example, the Andean wolf or the striped manta ray reported by William Beebe in in the 1930s. Seven, animals not known from the fossil record, nor related to any known species. Example, North America's Bigfoot or most sea serpents. Eight, Mythical animals with a zoological basis, example, the griffin, partly inspired by dinosaur fossils of Central Asia. Six. Nope, that is a nine, and my dyslexia totally flipped that upside down. (laughs) Nope, that's nine. Nine. I was so confident with that, too. Six. I was just going with it. I was like, yep. (laughs) Nope. Nine. Seemingly paranormal, or supernatural entities with some animal-like characteristics. Example, mothman, black dogs, vampires, or some fairies from folklore. And 10, 
known hoaxes or probable misidentifications. Example, example, <laughs> example, the jackalope. It is only example from now on. <laughs> example, an antlered rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Megan, you're making it too easy here. I'm sorry. Let's, let's just start over. Number 10, known hoaxes or probable misidentifications. Example, the jackalope, an antlered rabbit, a popular hoax in taxidermy. That was real hard to get through. Mm. Your effort was audible, and I appreciate your effort. Thank you. Good job. It was hard. Um, Eberhardt has also argued where there should be six exclusions from cryptids. Number one, insignificance. If you're not special, you don't count. You're not in the club. Yep. Cryptids must be big, weird, dangerous, or significant to humans in some way. Two, lack of controversy. Someone needs to observe a mystery animal and someone else needs to discredit the sighting. Cryptozoologists function as interventionists between witnesses and skeptical scientists. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> waiting for Tyler to say something. Yeah, I've been keeping a lot of duck sounds to myself. <laughs> Three, erratics. The out-of-place alligator that turns up in an odd spot, undoubtedly through human agency, is not a zoological mystery. If someone discovers a new species of alligator that lives only in sewers, that is a different matter. Four, bizarre humans. Example, zombies. So zombies are not considered cryptids. I did not read your notes thoroughly. That's okay, but I wanted to do this whiskey anyway. Five, angels or demons. The paranormal or supernatural is admitted only if it has an animal shape. A werewolf sighting, which might involve a real dog or wolf, or mystery, canid. Candid. Canid. Yeah. Canid? Canid. There you go. And number six, aliens. Unless such extraterrestrials arrived a long time ago and thus classify as residents. Williams, going back to Haley Williams, continues to explain, quote, in general, a creature is a cryptid when there is some evidence for its existence, whether it's photographic evidence, footprints, remains, or even an eyewitness account. When irrefutable evidence of a creature's existence is found, it ceases to be a cryptid and moves into the realms of science. While rare, this has happened a few times. Think the platypus, the okapi, known as the African unicorn. The platypus was a cryptid? Yes. Um, the Okapi, known as the African Unicorn, both were strange animals that were once considered to be hoaxes by Western scientists. Even the famous Komodo dragon was once thought to be a myth. End quote. And I'm going to take a drink here so someone say something. Yeah, I'm looking up that uh, Okapi or the African Unicorn. I've, and... I've always questioned myself if I said that correctly because I've always said Okapi. I don't know if it's right or not. O-K-A-P-I for yeah. anyone. I, uh, yeah. The zebra butts are so pretty. Yeah, it's like a hybrid 
zebra cow with like <laughs> it's the zorse before it's day. Yeah, it it doesn't look like a unicorn at all. I think unicorn more in the idea that it's like mythical and rare, not okay. in the yeah. fact that it oh, okay. it is a unicorn. I was I saw a couple things that had like one backward horn or like one short horn and one long backward horn, so maybe it was an actually confused with a unicorn. Fair. We are talking about cryptozoologists. They're not very smart. <clears throat> I didn't say that. I did. I'm a, I'm the I'm the skeptical scientist they talked about. <laughs> I'm just a person. I live here. <laughs> Many crypto crypto. Jesus Christ, Tyler, you gotta. Oh, that was it right there. No, might not. We're not even halfway yeah, done. I know, yes, that's true. do it. Do it. Many cryptids have become folklore over the years to the point where historians, cryptozoologists, UFOologists, and curious others like me, or more likely the fringe people that gallivant on the internet, only can speculate or argue over the origin of these creatures. Some appear as old as the region they are found in. Some have been seen only at certain points in time. Generally, it's typically unknown when a cryptid is first introduced. Typically. But today, we start with a cryptid that we can give a specific day his myth began. Or not myth, if you believe in him. On the evening of November 12th, 1966, at a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia, a group of gravediggers saw something unexplainable. The men say they looked up and saw a huge figure rapidly moving from tree to tree. They described it as, quote, a brown human being, end quote. This is the first assumed sighting of Mothman. It would be three days later, on November 15, 1966, that the first recorded sighting came to be. The town of Point Pleasant was small, just around 5,000 people on the census in the 1960s. Five miles north of... North? Nope. North. Five miles north of Point Pleasant is an area that today has become a wildlife sanctuary called the Clifton F. McClintic Wildlife Management Area. But during World War II, it was an industrial land known for producing explosives for the war effort. Locals refer to it as the TNT area. West Virginia Ordnance Works is an abandoned munitions to the north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that dates back to World War II. The facility, during its operation, manufactured ammunition and dynamite. The surrounding area is mostly forest, dotted with numerous grassy clearings, and thick concrete domes called igloos that were used to store, store barrels of gunpowder. The area is also riddled with abandoned tunnels, most of which collapsed, been sealed off, or become flooded with water. In 1979, fishermen in the TNT area reported that chemicals had been left to seep into the ponds, causing it to be labeled an environmental disaster. And by the year 1983, 
the TNT area was among the country's most polluted sites. But now that's sanctuary. Now it's a sanctuary. So all's good, right? Sure. As long as we ignore the explosives still stored in the area. Don't mind the explosives, guys. Anyway, Mothman, jazz hands. November... <laughs> November 15th, 1966, two young couples were cruising the area in a black 57 Chevy Bel Air. Roger Scarberry owned the car, and his wife Linda sat beside him. In the back were Steve and Mary Millette. It was nearing midnight, and they'd yet to find any friends out and about to hang with. Losers. Times before cell phones and text messaging. Go out. Aimlessly drive looking for people you know? <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, no. no thank never. You. <laughs> you guys don't like to just drive around? Not looking for someone yeah, to not. hang out with. Oh, yeah. no, not, not, no, I like to just drive. Nope. No, I like to explore areas I've never been to and stuff before. Yeah. But yeah, these you give people... me, you give me like a haunted piece of woods and I'm so down. However, to go people, absolutely not. Yeah. Like just to drive around the area like, hey, Bob. <laughs> Bob, where you at, Bob? Get in the car. We're going to go find Mothman. Oh, Megan, you're just making it so easy today. Jesus. You're going to have to save multiple of these yes, and put I them am. in other episodes. Yes, I am. But no, um, just quick factoid mm-hmm. um, for you. Kayla is from West Virginia. Yes. Is she? She is from West Virginia. And I told her yesterday, I'm like, Megan invited me on the podcast. We're doing Mothman. And she's like, yeah, Mothman. And I'm like, he's from West Virginia. And she's like, I know. And I'm like, what do you know about Mothman? Like, do you know something I don't? He's part man, part (laughs) moth. And she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, because you're into the paranormal like me, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of Lake Shawnee? Yes. This is also in West Virginia. Her grandfather lives two streets down from Lake Shawnee. That's yes. in my list of things I want to do one day. Listen, on... I may can make that happen for you on a very realistic note. That's amazing. Um, yeah, she was like, are you going to tell Megan that uh, my grandfather lives like uh, directly next to Lake Shawnee? And I was like, absolutely. Has he had any experiences or anything? That I couldn't tell you, but she knows the people that own that property. Um, and she's like, yep, 100%. Like everything that they say happened there did in fact happen including the it being built on like an Indian burial ground. Kayla. Yes. Friend Kayla, we got to the get together. The fact that she hasn't told you this is... I am, wow, saving it for the podcast. Yep. Tyler's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Nope, not a clue. Yep. So when she took me to West Virginia, um, we went and visited her grandparents. And you literally have to pass Lake Shawnee to get to his street. And I knew it was coming and I knew we were going to see it. And I was so excited. And then like you literally round this mountain corner and boom, there's the Ferris wheel. Oh my God. That yeah, like I slammed the brakes and stopped the car and ran across the road like a chicken with my head cut off, like just to look at it. <laughs> I literally have goosebumps right now. <laughs> Tyler's like, y'all fucking stupid. I, no. yeah, like I don't believe in any of this crap. 
I love the paranormal stuff. I love it so much. There is the, the paranormal and serial killers. Like if you guys ever do a serial killer series, like you can just take the day off. Like I got you. <laughs> there is 100% a scientific explanation for everything. You say that, but you died and saw stuff. What? Oh, God. Oh, no. Speak words to me right now. I, I'll tell you off the air because I've chronicled it on here. Yes. Uh, long story short, Tyler died. Yeah. <laughs> Recently. That's not... Recently? Uh, yeah, within the last year and a half. Um, My immediate reaction is to ask you if you're okay. But no, obviously... No, I died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, uh, like I said, we'll talk about that off air. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't want to derail the... Yep, we're already kind of yep. off yep. off topic. Let's get back to Mothman. All right, I'm I'm drooling a little bit. Hold on. Mm. The paranormal got you? I did. <laughs> All right, so it was Linda who first saw the glowing red eyes and screamed, alerting the others. The eyes belonged to a humanoid-looking creature standing over seven feet tall with dark, indistinguishable features. Except for the eyes and the ginormous wings that spread wide as the creature lifted into the air and began to chase the Bel Air. It pursued them for miles down Highway 62, often exceeding speeds of 100 miles per hour. At Were the, they exceeding speeds of 100 miles an hour? Yes, in their 57 Bel Air. I mean, they I were, said I feel they like were, I would be speeding frantically if I was they, being chased. They said they were averaging between 100 and 105 in their 57 Chevy Bel Air. Okay. Yeah, that was my thought, too, and I read that. I was like, huh. Okay. My grandfather owned a 55 Chevy Bel Air. I'm pretty sure my mom owned a 50-something Bel Air and said it was, like, a miserable thing to drive because it was awful. Yeah. I'm curious if they, it could get up that fast. Well. If he hadn't sold it. All right. We could have tested that. Um, but yeah, so Mothman chased him 100 miles per hour. Uh, at the edge of town, the chase ended, and the creature scuttled clumsily on two legs into the brush. The four discussed what they saw and eventually decided that it had to have been some humongous bird. And since it was a bird and they wanted to make sure, they turned the car around and went back up the highway to look for it. And that is how you die. Of course. They succeeded their attempt and were startled to alight the thing with headlights. Headlights. In an apparent panic or discomfort, the creature launched itself into the air and disappeared. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> the creature launched itself into the air and disappeared above the trees. They now knew 100% that was not a bird. This time, back in town, they went straight for the Mason County Courthouse. Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead listened to their tale, and two hours later, police began investigating the TNT area, only to return empty-handed. Still, a press conference was held that morning to address why the police force went on a wild search in the middle of the night. And from there, more people came forward with sightings of strange, winged creatures. Obviously, 
there wasn't a whole lot to do in 1966 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And so that night, the talk around all the tables was on this strange giant bird. And of course, many people decided to venture up into the TNT area, brandishing guns and carrying pitchforks to poke at the bushes, trying to find the mysterious well, creature. what else would you do? <laughs> Hell yeah, we're going to shoot it. That is the only acceptable <laughs> response to that. I just... They all brought their guns and pitch. Megan, this is West Virginia. Keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, we're going to shoot it. <laughs> uh, uh, in the morning, the headlines were plastered with, quote, couple sees man-sized bird, creature, something, end quote. That, yep. that is literally the headline from the newspaper at that area. I can believe it. I, I, that is the worst headline. <laughs> is that your look at Tyler moment? No. Okay. No. Interesting. So we established earlier that Megan details like jazz hands and look at Tyler in her notes. So I find that hilarious. I'm trying to pick that out. I didn't even realize I did it until it was literally pointed out to me by someone who read my notes. That wasn't me. No, that's not. Tyler doesn't get to read my notes. It was me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. Um, where am I at? There I am. It would be an anonymous Ohio newspaper copy editor that would dub the creature Mothman. And it is believed this moniker came about because of the popular Batman TV series that was airing at the time. Despite villain... Killer Moth not appearing in the television series, it is suspected that Mothman was kind of a nod to Batman. And honestly, it was a way to sell papers. It was a wasted opportunity for DC. It was. Because, honestly, if you don't like Batman, are you even a human? Is that your look at me? That's my look at Tyler. <laughs> I, I don't dislike Batman. Batman was the only superhero I liked as a kid. Okay, never mind. Take away that look. Suck it back in. Yeah. There's another one. Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> Roger Scarberry said to the press he understood how strange his story sounded and admitted that if he had been the only one to see it, he never would have come forth. But since a total of four people saw that strange creature, he wanted to get the information out there. And he sure did open up the floodgates. He did it. He did the thing. He did. So over the next 13 months, hundreds of people would come forward with their own sightings of Mothman. Although the exact number is unknown and could either be higher or lower than those, thir than those 13 months in 1966 and 1967 were, without a doubt, the most Mothmany months in West Virginian history thus far. That was not a sentence that made a lot of sense. Uh, what I was trying to say there is that during those 13 months between 1966 and 1967, there were more moth Mothman reported sightings than ever since. since. Thank you. I was trying to be eloquent with my words and fucked it. I was watching a documentary on him on the History Channel last night, and they kind of alluded that like after... 
the I, th- I think he said it was like 13 months like to the day almost it, like it just stopped like they were done damn close and I'll tell you why According to sources, many residents of Point Pleasant were approached by men in black, questioning them on Mothman and the various sightings. And all of these sightings came to a head when they culminated on December 15, 1967, and the worst tragedy in West Virginia history took place. The Silver Bridge had originally been built in 1928, and was supposed to accommodate Model T cars that were far, far lighter than the 4,000-pound monstrosities of the 1960s. For comparison, Ford's Model T weighed only around 1,500 pounds. The bridge connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipolis, Ohio. And December 15th was a very busy day for the Silver Bridge. The traffic caused a strain on the bridge, and the engineers of the 1920s had not been super cautious in making sure that there were fail-safes so that if one part of the bridge failed, there would be other parts to keep it standing. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Just put it up there. It'll be fine. Instead, the I-bar on the Ohio side of the bridge ended up cracking. This caused a chain to snap and a domino effect began as the Silver Bridge virtually fell apart with dozens of cars on it. Side note, this is one of my biggest fears, and I hate driving over or under bridges because I'm terrified they will collapse. And I realize that it's not a rational fear, but I bet no one thought the Silver Bridge would fall either. So, Uh, you want me to make your fear worse? Yep. Have you not like noticed the insane cracks in half of the concrete pillars holding bridges? Oh, up? I 100% have noticed yeah. that. I think that's like, where my fears came from. Yeah, it's North Carolina is like one of the worst states in the country for for bridge uh, development safety. No, like like maintenance. I guess. Would oh, be the right wonderful! Word. I love yeah. it. I'm so. Uh, nope. Yeah. Well, I'm done. Look, those goosebumps are back, guys. <laughs> Kayla doesn't like driving already. She's not going to drive anymore. <laughs> I don't like driving either. So, Houston, you are forever the driver. But you already knew that because I don't. I don't like it. I'm scared. So, to something sad. Uh, a total of 47 people died that day because of the bridge whether it was from being crushed under the weight or from drowning in the water. Mm. And within the span of just a year, the tiny town of Point Pleasant was on the national news multiple times, once for this strange mothman and once again for this horrific tragedy. And it did not take long for people to start to connect the two. And this is why, most likely, Mothman sightings are said to be omens of tragedy or disaster coming. Many Mothman believers think that he is not necessarily an omen or a harbinger of death, but instead is trying to warn of impending doom and that his intentions are good. No matter Mothman's reasonings or your beliefs, there have been people who have claimed to see Mothman before terrible tragedies have struck ever since the late 1960s. I will, I will leave you to come up 
with uh, your own opinions on if these people actually saw something before disaster or are either A, making it up for redemption, or B, convincing themselves they saw something to help cope with the unfairness of the world. So I have a question. Yes. Tyler's over here Googling Mothman pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that's well, a no, listen, I, I, did it, I did it too. Um, the, so I think I watched the same documentary as you or read the same article, and he's described as a brown man yes. with wings. And most of the images of Mothman, he looks like a fuzzy chicken nugget with wings. So, <laughs> yeah. So there was only it was what only is him? Those four grave diggers were the only people that like described him as a brown man with wings. Okay. Everyone else said he was this huge, like seven foot tall, black figure that had no distinguishable features other than like bright red eyes and like. Really big wings. So he could be a chicken nugget. I mean, he could be a chicken nugget. Uh, they do tend to say that he has like humanoid arms and legs. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a black blob with red eyes and some wings. I think you're going to talk about it later. But the statue that they have of him, he looks like a bug. He yes, doesn't he does. Look, he doesn't look like a mothman. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, he, he looks, looks like, like a bug. Yes, <laughs> uh, hands. And of course, as with all things, and especially cryptids, there are several skeptics, including Sheriff Johnson, who thought maybe the couples in the Bel Air had witnessed some sort of large heron he called a shite poke. One more time. Shite poke. <laughs> and I am only including a shite poke because, oh my God, that is hilarious to say. Wow. <laughs> Uh, shite pokes are a number of green herons. Shite poke. Is that yes, like hands. a flock of geese? A shite poke of herons? <laughs> no, I think it's uh, what is a. I think it's like calling a like a group of dogs like terriers. Like there uh, are many dog breeds that are terriers, but not all dogs are terriers. I hate that term. He's gotcha. a groomer. I hate it so Oh, much. he's a terrier. Yep. I can't tell you how many times a day that, and I'm I'm over it at this point. I can't tell you how many times a day I will get a customer call. What type of dog do you have? Oh, he's a terrier. Okay. Thanks. Is he a Yorkie? Is he a pit bull? Like, what, <laughs> is he a schnauzer? Like, is he a Lakeland? Like, what? Oh. We need a little bit more than that. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> is, is he Yorkie? It's a pit bull. Okay, thank you. Of the skeptics, there is one that is a bit more credible than Sheriff Johnson, and that is wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith from the West Virginia University. He explained the sightings were most likely a type of sandhill crane, which is a bird that is as tall as the average grown man and has bright red coloring around its eyes and a wingspan of seven feet. I'm sorry, it's as tall as a human? It is as tall as a human man. I'm now afraid of birds. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> pull up a picture of a sand crane. Sand sand hill crane. Uh, they have like the this like blood red like flesh around their eyes. And I could see like how like looking out of the corner of your like eye at night, you see this thing and you're like, oh my God, that's a monster. Because it's terrifying. But see, this picture doesn't, it, that doesn't look that doesn't like, look a, like a man. man. Yeah, if I there. stood next yeah. to that, I don't, I mean, <laughs> 
listen, okay? <laughs> That's kind of more manish. It's uh a little bit more vertical. Well, now, look at that face. Now, if, look that's, that face. if that right there, that previous one was chasing me in my car, I I would die. Yeah. 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 Birds are scary as it is. And a huge bird with like red flesh around its eyes. Just no thank you. Yep. Um, Sandhill cranes are not native to this region. Um, but he argues that perhaps one or two got lost during migration or even maybe they just landed in that area to take a break uh, while flying south for the winter. And uh, he does say that all sightings can be attributed to the Sandhill Crane. Um, basically, he was saying, like, at the time, if you, like, line up where the person was and the time of year they saw Mothman, like, it would have been in the Sandhill Crane, correlated. like, migration pattern. So, like, it all could have been just like sandhill cranes that were like, let me rest my wings for a second. Let me just chill here for a minute. And they terrify, got labeled as a yeah. chicken nugget terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> terrify the mountain people of West Virginia. Um, some of the people that agree with Dr. Smith suggest that perhaps the crane was severely mutated due to being in the TNT area where there are sure to be some sort of harsh or perhaps deadly chemicals seeping into the ground and affecting the wildlife, particularly in the 1960s, since the war ended 1940s. That's so a Chernobyl situation. Yes. And there are several instances of people saying they saw Mothman before Chernobyl happened. Yeah. In every major disaster that has happened in the last, I was going to say 40 years. It's not 40 years. Well, Chernobyl happened in the 80s. This no. was in the 60s. Yes, but I was thinking from today to the 1960s. Yeah, no, that's 60 years. Yep, I was like, no, that's only 40 years ago. Yeah. No, it's not. I am... Losing time? Oh, I don't like this. I would like to get off this ride, please. Stop the train. <laughs> um, and there are people that suggest that this was just a prankster... Uh, that was bored and dressed up really weird because it was 1966 and what else are you going to do? Uh, and he went too far and by the time he realized that he should have come clean, it was too late and it was easier to just pretend like he'd never done it in the first place. Nope, never. <laughs> Mass hysteria is definitely a recorded phenomenon and once one person said they saw Mothman in his it is believed that many of the locals of Point Pleasant began to see Mothman in everything, be it from regular birds to shadows out of the corner of their eyes, which explains why there had been so many sightings in the 13 months leading up to the Silver Bridge collapse. Now, people say, like, the reason why Mothman sightings dropped, like, significantly at that bridge crash is because suddenly they had a lot of um all the birds got scared away <laughs> no oh, i'm sorry oh, that's horrible no um suddenly the locals like had something way way more horrific to focus on and they it got stopped. real yeah they stopped yeah. seeing mothman in everything uh mothman bears a resemblance to demon archetypes um and especially the demon archetypes of those that suffer sleep paralysis claim they see. 
Um, and so perhaps Mothman is just the unconscious compilation of fears deep down in the human psyche, grafted onto innocent wildlife when a human panics. Ah. I was, and, I was trying to look through to see if you mentioned it, and, and I don't think you did. So if you did, please stop me. Um, he's also been attributed to barn owls. Yes. I did not include that because it sounded so wild to me because even the biggest owl can only is like two feet. So like there's no way they saw a seven foot owl. I hear you and I see you and I acknowledge that, that it is ridiculous. And when I first heard that, I'm like, absolutely not. Like surely these people in West Virginia, you're mountain people. You can distinguish. You know what an owl is. You know what an owl is. However, will you please Google the picture of a barn owl with eye shine at night? Barn owl with eye shine at night. Like, yep. They showed this picture on TV and I got scared. <laughs> okay. Um, I was not on I was not on the barn owl train until I saw one of these pictures. And now that he's like that? Yeah, zoom in on that face if you can. Uh, if you can yeah, make it bigger. I can't. The TV like put it right in my face. So their eyes glow as red as whatever this is on this desk. Oh. And it's yep. Oh, my God. Yep. So you're on the train now. <laughs> I'm on the train. Yep. I'm on the train. It 100% could be a barn the, owl. The picture the TV had was a whole lot scarier. than that. Like, it looked like the owl was looking into my soul and going to snatch me. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the barn owl train. It could 100% have been barn owl sightings. So just, just to describe what we're seeing here, uh, it it's obviously an owl in this picture. It is judging me, and it knows what I did last summer. <laughs> it like, is like... <laughs> It it looks like two very red marbles as eyes instead of like your normal owl eyes. No, yeah, it one hundred percent looks like demon gates of hell eyes, like bright red. Kind of like when you you know you shine a light and a cat looks right at it and it changes their eye colors. Oh yeah, but it doesn't change their eye colors to bright yeah, red. Yeah, yeah, it's similar, but this is just this like is it's just bright bright red. red. Yeah, being and, uh, married ugh. to somebody from West Virginia and. Knowing all the stereotypes about West Virginia, it makes sense how somebody would see that, would look at that right there and be like, yep, <laughs> Mothman. Uh, you can say that because you're married to someone from West I Virginia. Can. I can. It's, it's fine. She will acknowledge it. She'll just, I'm, she's listening to this right now. just going, mm-hmm. All right. Well. I didn't say it, so I'm not going to get in trouble. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to an author named John Keel. John Keel, man, oh man, this dude is either batshit bananas or like the most woke motherfucker that has ever existed. <laughs> so One of the two. Yeah, it's one of the two. He's either just absolutely insane or he's cracked the code to the Illuminati. There is no in-between. Uh, so John Keel in 1975 wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies, which skyrocketed this cryptid into worldwide legend. He not only claimed the involvement of the shadowy government branch involving the men in black, but also incorporated UFOs and aliens into the story. 
And his book is arguably why Mothman is one of the most famous cryptids to date. I was doing the research for this, uh, for this wonder segment. And as I was doing it, I was reading the Mothman prophecies. And it is fascinating. Amazingly well-read book reads like a fiction novel. Um, it I'm is, raising my eyebrows at you right now. It, it is a wee bit biased. It's written really well. Um, but John Keel, uh, like I said, it reads like a fiction novel. This dude is off his rocker, and it's highly entertaining. I will be reading this now. Um, so I highly suggest if you are interested in learning more about Mothman and want to take a deep dive into the lore and legend, you pick up a copy of The Mothman Prophecies written by John Keel. So, yep. Uh, to this day, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is known for Mothman, and the town has embraced their strange and wacky heritage now. Um, in fact, they now have a giant Mothman statue. It's a bug. Yeah, I saw it. Shrine. I, I saw pictures of it. Which I believe the producers of some eventual movie put that there, <laughs> if I understand correctly, which goes into that town hates Mothman. Um, I believe when the producers were there, film they either filmed it there or something. They related to Point Pleasant some way or another. And one of the producers uh, asked the mayor or somebody, uh, show me somebody who doesn't believe in Mothman. And Mr. Important Point Pleasant Man said, talk to anybody on Main Street. Like, they do not jive with Mothman. Like, they're over it. I mean, fair. I I could see it being shoved in my face every day where I'm like, enough. Um, but this is a small-ass town, and a ton of its revenue comes from Mothman. Yeah. So. Like, you kind of have to live with it at that point. I'd move away. I, I wouldn't mean, be able to take it. I'd be like, you people in this damn thing, it's not real. So I was listening to some, he wasn't the mayor, but he was some, like, historical important man in Point Pleasant, lived there all his life, and he was saying that, I guess when they put the statue there, the mayor at the time was obligated to speak at the dedication or the reveal of the statue. And like, he did not want to speak. Like he did not want to be there. And I guess there's pictures of him just standing there. Well, here's this statue. Uh, Just (laughs) All right, let's wrap this up. Let's head to Burger King. Yep. (laughs) Um, well, that's kind of how I picture that going in my head. That's basically how he (laughs) described it. I mean, yeah, but to this day, Every September, the town hosts a Mothman Festival in which both locals and tourists alike are welcome to partake in festivities that celebrate one of the strangest and most well-known cryptids to date. Um, And I assume it's just like a super awesome fair that kind of like it. it, Mothfest. Yeah. And (laughs) if anyone's ever been to Roswell, New Mexico, like... There is so much alien shit all over Roswell, New Mexico. 
Because why not? Why not? Why yeah. not make money off of it? I was exactly. just about to say somebody will come and pay you for that stuff. Exactly. So yeah. like, why not exploit that? Yeah, one hundred percent. That is a great way to make a lot of revenue for your town. Um. Anyway, I am so stoked that I've begun a cryptid series here on Whiskey and Wonder. It's a topic that I'm shocked it's taken over Eddie episodes for me to tackle. And I look forward to diving into many of the famous and maybe more obscure cryptids as the podcast continues on for years to come. Quick note, I did not correlate the Beast of Javadon with being a cryptid. So I guess I did a cryptid story already, uh, episode 42. And secondly, side note, uh, the autocorrect thing uh, heard me say, Eddie instead of 80, and I am keeping it that way. I was going to bring that Because Stranger up. Things, absolutely. Because Eddie Munson is a hero. Yes. Jazz hands. I can't. Jazz hands. Who's Eddie Munson? He I'm is. Done. I'm done. Uh, he doesn't watch anything. Don't take any offense. He's uncultured swine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is from people that like I'm Boba just gonna, Fett. I'm just going <laughs> to. People that like Boba Fett. Yep. Um, he is one of the new characters in this season of Stranger Things, and he's a dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons. And I immediately like connected with his soul. I'm like, I that's one of gotcha. That's my flock. No, uh, no more Netflix for me. I'm not going to support that company. So I you they can have told talked about this already. Have I? I can't remember if it's on the podcast or just to me. Uh, basically, uh, I had Netflix. And my parents were the only ones watching it, and they're gonna do a price increase if you share passwords. They've been talking about that, and they're already dropping their subscribers. So I'm basically giving them a big middle finger. Go fuck yourself. I have huh. your service so that my parents can watch it, and you're gonna charge me more for that. Go fuck yourself. You know, there's no the only good I understand show, that the only good show on Netflix is Seinfeld anyway. So everything else is pulled their programming off for their own streaming service. Which I've seen like a really interesting like meme graphic on like Reddit and fuck probably Facebook and everywhere now. Um, that's basically like counting down the years from like um, we had to like pay for cable and all this stuff. And it was like hundreds of dollars. And so we all did Pirate Bay. And then, you know, the, the streaming, streaming service came out and like everyone stopped using Pirate Bay. And then there was another streaming service and another and another and another. And like the money ends up being the same as cable was. And so we go back to Pirate Bay. Yeah, I've, I've managed to cut, uh, cut it down so that I have Hulu, which is only an extra $2 a month because I got a deal with Spotify a long time ago, uh, HBO Max and Amazon Prime. And that's all I have. I have so. all of them. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks because you end up paying just as much as you would for cable. I have all of them, and I I have Discovery Plus. I pay $7 a month only for me to watch Kayla and I fall asleep to Ghost Adventures. You fall asleep to Ghost Adventures? I told you I was weird. Did you not believe me? <laughs> that is what we fall asleep to. That's And it's wonderful. to the point, you know my dog. Oh, no. <laughs> it's to the point to where if I try to watch something else and it's bedtime and he's in his crate, he whines. He's got wow. to hear Zach Bagans. All right. 
He he likes <laughs> he likes the Zach. Okay. <laughs> well. Wow. All right, guys. I guess we'll move on uh, past Mothman today. Trivia with Tyler. All right. So I actually skipped uh, last week's to do a, one that I had pre uh, that aligned with a more recent episode. So I'm going to do last week's today. Um, so because the Major League Baseball team, the Detroit Tigers, drafted Patrick Mahomes prior uh, to him opting to play football, the Detroit Tigers baseball team have now drafted more Super Bowl winning quarterbacks than the Detroit Lions football team, which actually is untrue now because Matthew Stafford was drafted by Detroit and he is not a Detroit lion, but he has won a Super Bowl now. So when I found this, it was prior to last year's Super Bowl. So, well, but the fun fact in there is that Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl winning quarterbacks than the Detroit lions. So lions, lions going to lion. Sorry, Detroit. Yep. So it's been a rough. You got one win, though. What, with Stafford? Uh, with last year. Oh, they no, they got three wins last year. I was being uh, facetious. Facetious? Thank you. Fastidious? <laughs> fastidious is what I was trying to oh. What I was saying. I meant facetious. 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 Oh, my God. Facetious. Oh no. <laughs> Facetious. There, we there go. you go. This is not pretend at all. Oh my God. <laughs> this is this is real. You're never gonna invite me to do one of these again. No, I will. When I first met Hun- human. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right. So we just learned Megan's an alien, everybody. And that's when I a wrap. first met Houston, I couldn't say aluminum. Aluminium. I don't even remember what I used to say. I was but just about to ask, how did you pronounce it? I don't remember, but he would make fun of me so much and make me say it because it was apparently so funny. I'll have to ask him what I used to say because I don't remember. But mm. anyway, today's been an interesting episode for my English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Listen, words are hard, man. Like, I, it's okay. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move it on, wrap up this whiskey because we are running just smidge long. So I went ahead and put some water in there pretty early, uh, early on, because I drank most of it pretty early on. What did you just do? You put one to two drops of water in a whiskey, and it drastically changes the flavor. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes Sometimes. Sometimes. it makes it better. Sometimes it makes it worse. Sometimes it's not super noticeable, but a lot of times you put a couple drops of water in a whiskey, and it is very different. I told you I didn't know how to drink. Oh, God. (laughs) I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Didn't you do it last week? Probably. Never mind. <laughs> Listen. Uh, so I have thought about upgrading your mic, actually, and getting you one like I have. I want um, one like you have. With the um, shock mount, because I, yeah. can, I can sit here and do this all day long and nothing. Yeah, I really want one of those. So 
one day. Ready. Yeah, yeah, it's it, they're about 150 bucks. Plus the shock mount's about another 30. Thank you again to all of our subscribers and Patreons and donators. AKA yeah. hey, Megan wants a new mic. <laughs> um, so hashtag get Megan a mic. I have been, I, I've sampled this. Um, I didn't notice a huge change uh, with the water. A little bit sweeter, maybe a little bit, a little bit more spice on the front end. Um, but I haven't had it in a while, so that could just be from that. So. I am a little sad because it's Jamie's first time like trying a whiskey in like a whiskey. In an actual tasting environment, yes. so to speak. Yes. Um, and I really wanted this to be a whiskey that like just totally like evolved with water. And it's not. It's very similar. Um, I would say that it's a little bit more bitter um, rather than spicy, like, but really? yeah, like if you put it under your tongue, it just seems more bitter than spice. Um, but there's not a huge difference. Um, like I, I think this is a whiskey one. I'm going to drink it if I'm allowed to drink all of it and then give you the bottle back. Absolutely. As long my only requirement that I have been told is for me to reclaim the bottle once it's finished. Okay. The empty bottle. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to keep this. You I'm said gonna... you said get the bottle earlier, and I thought that meant like take it home, like with whatever. Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, Kayla wants the bottle back, whether or not you finish it. Like if you want to finish it, go for it. This is a whiskey I would finish because it is a really, what's the word I'm trying to say here, Tyler? Um, Traditional. Yes. It's a really traditional bourbon. It's what, when you say bourbon, like this is the flavor you get. Um, so this would be a whiskey that um, when I want just like a basic bitch bourbon, I'm going to grab this whiskey. When I want a bourbon mixer, I'm going to grab this whiskey. Um, if I want to do uh, some like bourbon chicken, I'm going to grab this whiskey. So, Oh, man. That's what I'm going to have one day this do week. Do you want to... Is that when you come to the house Saturday? Is that what you want? Do you want me to try to transform this into something? Your eyeballs just got so big. Yep. Okay. Challenge accepted. Yep, which means you're going to take it home, and then I'll take whatever is remaining back on Saturday. Sure. Okay. Um. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> so... Megan got so excited. I did. The only thing I would really, I really have to say about it is, uh, you know how baseball teams have that guy that sits on the bench that's just the utility infielder. He can play every infield position whenever there's an injury or a guy needs a day yep. off. Plug him into the lineup, and he defensively makes no no mistakes. He he can do it all, and you know he can hit decently too. That's this whiskey. Yeah, it's the utility player. Of the it, bourbons. Yep, of the bourbons. It's not going to, it's not, if I want to. It's not going to win any awards. Yeah, it's not going to be something I pull out if I want to, like, if I've got my, my bourbon friends coming over. Like, Yeah, this I, isn't something that I'm going to, like, show to whiskey I'm not gonna, people. Yeah, I'm not going to try to wow anybody with it. But no. I was so nervous for this because I was like, this is either actually going to be something <laughs> or this is going to be the most fake produced 
like not even alcohol thing. Yeah, I was worried with it being the Walking, walking Dead because of the way it was marketed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was a little bit worried too. I was like, well, it's. I almost told you to sample it first, just to be <laughs> sure it was in fact. <laughs> oh no, we don't sample. Nope. Well, well, I do. Tyler, I was concerned I can't that it was myself. even alcohol to begin with. Oh, like the um. Uh, Southern fucking Southern Grace. No, Boot Hill. Yep. What did the that? I know what you're talking about, but yes, it's like moonshine you can buy at the gas station. Yep. Yeah, it's the legal moonshine. Yeah. No, it's like a malt beverage. Oh. It's like sweet, disgusting beer, but they market it as moonshine syrup that they were just like here. It's disgusting, and it's not moonshine. I was I was worried it was going to be like. Something like that. But it's not. Yeah. It's a utility bourbon. That is a good yeah. way to put it, Tyler. It, yeah, it's the utility player. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to wow anybody with it. But, um, you know, if, if I'm going to go back to it, I'm going to go back to it. If I, like you said, I need to mix. Maybe I want something straight. Um, you know? The price point for this. Let me pull it up real it quick. It was $29.99. Oh, yeah. That's a great price yeah. Um, for utility bourbon, which is very weird that it is not. I would expect this to be like a $50 bourbon just because it's because walking, walking dead. dead. Um, but the fact that they kept it at the $30 line, this is something I'd buy. If I see it on the shelf, I'm going to go ahead and grab it because it's a good utility bourbon. All right. Give me a number. Um, so I like bourbons, so I'm not going to put it middle of the road because I'm also comparing it with like scotches and, um, Mainly scotches, because uh, there's only one scotch I think I've ever liked. But anyway, uh, this is... What? There's only one scotch you've ever liked? The Glenlivet. No, there's been there's, more than that. Has there been more? Yeah, you've liked... Uh, I feel like there has not been nearly as much scotches. You liked the as... Whistler Double Oaked. You li- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. That was Irish. I'm sorry. Um, you liked the Copper Dog. Okay. Uh, you didn't like the monkey shoulder. You didn't nope. like the famous grouse. Nope. You didn't like the uh, singleton, the house Tully, the Game of Thrones one. Yeah, no. You, you mainly, you really like the Glenlivet and you like the Copper Dog. Yeah. You I'm not actually a, rated the Copper Dog higher than I did. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge Scotch person as of yet in our amateur connoisseurship. Um. So since I'm comparing this with other styles of whiskeys, I'm going to do a six and a half. Um, just because it's a bourbon, which means it automatically wins some points over like a scotch. Like if this okay. was scotch form, I don't think I'd like it. Okay. I wrote down a J, so you feel free to rate this if you if you want to. If you well, don't. with my... If you don't, that's fine Highly too. Highly sophisticated alcohol palette. Um, I mean, the only comparing this strictly to Bullet, which is the only other like bourbon, and I, I don't know, I'd give it a five. All right, you five. give it a five. Middle yeah. of the road. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm giving As, it a- assuming that I'm gonna be sitting here again, like sampling more. Like, there's obviously gonna be more bourbons then, but maybe might be a Japanese, might be Scotch, rye, might be Irish rye. Yep. We're all over the board here. Mm-hmm. We um, need some Canadian whiskeys. Yeah. Send us some Canadian whiskeys, please. Yeah, or send us some recommendations on Canadian whiskeys. Um, there's just not a lot to pick from outside of Crown Royal around here. So, 
Um, I am going to go the same. I'm going to give it a five as well. It's middle of the road. All right. Um, not, not amazing. Not bad. Yeah. So. Pretty good. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up a very cryptid heavy episode of Whiskey and Wonder. All right, guys. Thank you, Jamie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, guys, I hope you stuck around for this a uh, little bit longer than normal episode. And, um, you know, please do us a favor uh, and like, subscribe, follow, do all the wonderful things that are free. Um, and if you want to, we would really appreciate if you did something monetary, but you don't have to. Um, Just tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Pass us around. You know, like a good whiskey. We're meant to be shared. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a good neighbor. <laughs> like State Farm is there. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we need to, we need to wrap we need it up. To, it's, we it's need fall, to be done. The wheels are falling off. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys again so much for everything you do. We love you. Um, and we will see you all next week. Yep. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Hey, Bob. Bob. Where are you at, Bob?